Well, today I'm going to be talking about the in the fourth series, fourth of the series of sermons we've been having today and for the past five weeks, entitled Try a Little Faith, Try a Lot of Faith, but Please Try Faith. Today's sermon will deal with a very practical method of applying our faith to our life situations. As you might have guessed from the title, the source of this method comes from the popular 12-step programs. A 12-step program is a set of guiding principles for recovery from addictive, compulsive, or behavioral problems. It was originally developed by the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, for recovery from alcoholism. The 12 steps were originally published in the first edition of Alcoholics Anonymous in 1939. This method has been adapted for use with alcoholics and then in many different areas of addiction, such as drugs, debt, shopping, food, love, sex, gambling, smoking, work, and many, many more. The most significant aspect of these programs is that in the lives of many people, they work. I'll bet many of us here have either gone through such a program or have friends or family who have done the program. We have seen through our own eyes that the power and the abilities of that program to change the lives of people dramatically. I believe that the first three steps of the 12-step program are the most relevant to our study of faith. Those three steps typically say something close to, one, we admitted that we were powerless over our problems and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made the decision to turn our wills and our lives over to God. Those are three very powerful statements. Now, many people believe that the time to apply these 12 steps is when someone has hit absolute rock bottom, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. A good friend of mine says that he never would have stopped drinking and probably would have died. But thank goodness he was found passed out in a gutter. He exemplifies that theme of thinking that you got to get down to the gutter before the 12-step programs really have an effect. However, I believe that at least the three steps can be used in many other situations that occur in every one of our lives. We have all felt our lives become out of control at times. In fact, there's the old saying that says, at all times in our lives, we, we either are out of control now or will soon be out of control. We are working so hard at our jobs that our relationship with our friends and our families becomes strained. We have set a goal to make a certain amount of money by a certain time, 
and our focus on that goal is virtually all we look at. We are golfers, or we are sailors. And every weekend, and perhaps several days during the week, we completely focus on those sports and nothing else. We can also allow our lives to become out of control when we allow our emotions to take control. We feel so angry with someone that that anger is all we feel and care about. We feel so much anxiety and worry that it takes over our lives and we worry about every aspect in our lives. We suffer so much grief that it becomes the lens through which we look at all aspects of our life. There are many ways that our lives can spin out of control and lose all direction. Now, some of you may balk when I will call those types of behaviors addictions. However, one of the accepted definitions of addiction is any activity, substance, object, or behavior that has become the major focus of one's life to the exclusion of all other activities or has, become to, has come to harm the individual or others close to that person physically or mentally. How often have we heard from the workaholic that once she completes this work project, she's going to go on a long vacation with her family, and yet the vacation never happens. In working so hard, her family, her friends, and even her faith community all of which she dearly loves, have become distant to her. The person with anger says, you know, it's just not worth it. I'm going to just let it go. But it still resides deep within the person. As long as it affects not only that person, but all those around him, there will begin to be thoughts about that person that they just know them as an angry and unhappy person. Or the person suffering from anxiety keeps trying to find many different things, legal or illegal, to control it, and none of them work. That person withdraws more and more and more from life and the world around them because they spend so much energy fighting their fears and their anxiety. In light of all of those behaviors I just described, we must recognize that the definition of addictive behavior is a proper description of those behaviors. And how many of us have engaged in those behaviors? I have. It is in those times that it is the faith in God that we've been talking about for the past four Sundays, that becomes so very important. I believe that the first three steps of the 12-step program can be used to apply that faith to our lives, each and every one of us. The first step, as I said, is to admit that we are powerless over our addictions that are taking our lives out of control, whatever they may be, and that our lives have become unmanageable to whatever extent that may be. 
whatever those issues are, are we willing to take the first step? Are we willing to be honest with ourselves and recognize our addictions and then tell God that we know we cannot fix our situation alone? Are we tired of repeating and living with the same habits that we have had for years? No matter what we do, we are powerless to change things for the better on our own. The weight of the pain and sadness sometimes seems too heavy to bear. The Apostle Paul felt this way, and he cried out in recognition that the answer was in Jesus Christ our Lord. For you see, despite all that we have done, God has not forsaken us. God is here. God is within you. God is outside of you. God is all around you and willing to help all of us through a transformation of ourselves. All we have to do is swallow our pride, our self-confidence, and admit that we do need God in these situations. We cannot do this ourselves. Only through the power of God can we truly be transformed and be free of the self-imposed limitations that have controlled our lives for so long. It is when we learn that all attempts to control our own lives become futile and will remain so that our faith can come if we allow it. That brings us to a second step. To know and accept that only God can bring us back. Can Only God can truly transform us. This is where the difference between faith and belief comes in that we've been talking about. We can believe in our mind that God exists, but that's not enough. We need to have a deep-seated faith in God that resides in our souls and in our hearts. That is the faith in God that will bring us the control we need. It is important to understand that during this process, the causes of our anxieties, the causes of our anger, the causes of our addictions may not go away. But only through God will we be given the strength and the power to deal with those issues. We will be given the strength to effectively and meaningfully Keep them in our lives, but keep them controlled in our lives. So now we come to the third step. That is to make the decision to turn our lives over to God. As Christians, we can understand God through Jesus Christ. Once again, belief is not enough. We can believe the statements in the Bible about Jesus are true. We can believe the statements about our faith that are made in various creeds are true. That faith resides up here. That faith resides in the mind. However, we need to go much deeper than that. We need to have absolute faith in our hearts and in our souls that God loves each and every one of us. God loves each and every one one of us. That is true 
no matter where we are in life, and more importantly, whatever addictions have taken control of our lives. We can reveal our full selves to God and give every area of our lives to God. In short, we can trust God. We can trust God absolutely. That is faith not only of the mind. That is faith of the heart and the soul. I'm not sure how many of you have ever purchased a used car. I have. When you purchase a used car, you accept certain things. You accept that there are going to be scratches on the outside. There are going to be stains on the inside. There might be a certain aroma to the car. You accept the tires are probably worn and need to be changed. And you accept that there's probably going to need to be some maintenance done on that car. All that comes with buying a used car. Now, if you were purchasing a new car, you would not expect to have scratches on the outside. You would not expect to have stains on the inside. You would expect the tires to be brand new. And you would expect that no maintenance was done. And yes, it would have that new car smell to it. Well, you see... The moment we ceased being newly born, we, we became used. Each one of us comes to God with a past. In turning our life over to God, we give God our entire self, including our past losses and shame. We hand over to God every moment of disgrace, every tear we have ever cried, every, every word we wish we could take back, all the broken promises, the loneliness, all the dreams that died, the dashed hopes, the broken relationships, our successes and failures, all our yesterdays, the scars that they left in our lives. All of our past comes with us when we come to God. From the heart and from the soul and from the mind. And just like us, when we purchase that used car, God is happy to have us, past and all. Scrapes on the side, stains inside. God is happy to have us past and all. You see, when you purchase that used car, you're not looking at its history, but what it will bring to you in the future. When God accepted us, and we all have been accepted by God, he gladly accepted our past. We need to understand that. When God accepted us, God accepted everything that is in our past. God wants us to know that when we come to God, there are the means and the desire to help us overcome any situation that is sending our lives out of control. We just need to accept God's love for us. Accept God's love for us. It then becomes much easier to turn our lives over to God. 
What a concept. To turn our lives over to a God that loves us and cares for us. We're no longer in charge. God is. God is the boss. We are the employees. God is the parent. We are the children. God has taken control of the areas of our lives that were out of control. We no longer are controlled by the compulsions and addictions. God has them. And we can trust God to deal with them by giving us the strength and the power to do so. Now, we still have to do our part. We're already on our way in that we have identified the problems that are causing us and those around us so much grief and difficulty. We have turned those problems and ourselves over to God. However, it can't stop there. We need to grow in God. We need to come to know God's power and strength to transform our lives. You heard the the life that was described in the first scriptural reading. God has the power to transform that life. And then you heard the person described in the second scriptural reading, which represents all of God's grace and all of God's love. We can be that person. We come to know God and to grow in God by coming to know the Bible and the stories that it tells about God. We need to worship God. We need to worship God right here as we are doing now. And we need to worship God in silence when we come to talk to God in prayer or just in silence. In this way, we can work with God to remove all of the addictions we suffer. We must work with God to do so. But once we have done all that we can do, once we have worked as hard as we can, then once we have turned our lives over to God, we can, in total faith, And in total strength, turn any and all results in our lives over to God. And God will take the care for those results. Amen.